welcome to the Wayfinders Podcast. Joining me is good friend Todd Heisey, director of the Veteran Hunters, Princess Patricia's Canadian Light Infantry veteran. And uh, yeah, I just want, we're actually gathered here live at the... Uh, Wine Glass Wellness Retreat. We're at this Alone Together uh, campaign. And uh, we're going to try to open the dialogues of, of, of stories of wellness. Sure, yeah. No, thanks for having me. And uh, I love the, I love your intro music. That is just so, you know what, so, like, relaxing. <laughs> well, we're all trying to get into this relaxed vibe. I, I had some really up-tempo. I thought that's not appropriate. Um, so we'll start off. Uh, I gave a brief intro, but I'd like you to introduce yourself if you could. Sure, Um yeah, retired uh, captain, uh, spent uh, 22 years in the Canadian Canadian Army, mostly with uh, the 1st Battalion, PPCLI. Um, 15 of those 22 years was on basically active duty. The other, the other bit was uh, working with the Army Reserves, um, which, you know, to be honest, as a former regular force guy, we don't give the Army Reservists, like, enough credit. They, no. act- they actually can bring a lot to our organization because they bring a lot of their civilian... Uh, you know, uh, jobs into it. Um, but I'll just, I'll put that aside. Roger that. Yeah. yeah. You and I could, could wax poetic yeah. about all the different things about that. Yeah. yeah I did a couple of tours, uh, in the former Yugoslavia, um, went, uh, undiagnosed with PTSD for almost 15 years. Um, for which the army medical system actually knew and withheld it from me. And long story short, in 2014, a ministerial review unredacted my medical files and found out that, yes, they did know in 2001 that I had PTSD. And, and that opened a whole, a whole bunch of doors with Veterans Affairs with respect to, um, you know, changing my release to a medical release, to backdating pensions, to paying for master's degrees and all kinds of stuff. Um, but it was a lengthy and long bureaucratic um, battle. But uh as you know, uh, my life is full of endurance. <laughs> so, well, you know, one of the things that we always admire most—I mean, Shucks, you've made a movie about it called *True Grit*. We admire people of grit, the, the, the capacity to carry on. And um, knowing some of the stories that, that you've shared with me before, um, I've always admired that a, a lot about you. You, you have Thanks. an amazing amount of tenacity to not give up. And so, sitting here at the at the wine glass wellness retreat you know the the, the initial lo- launching of the fundraiser i mean yep. here we are on the I think it's the 22nd of may and yep. i have to ask you what was it that actually made you want to get involved with this initiative i think was uh well going back a little while while ago you kind of put me in connection with with paul yeah kind of the, the the chief organizer or president or whatever term we're, we're giving you know, of endearment we're giving to paul um, and we remember we met in his in his kitchen, and actually a number of us had actually now cre- become part of the steering committee just to look at, you know, how much, um, how how many organizations or organizations in their infancy or that were already established in, here in the Cochrane area, and it was actually um, staggering to see how many people, both first responders and veterans, there are in the Cochrane community that uh, that suffer from an operational stress injury or PTSD. And it was that initial meeting, I think, that um, really got me interested. And I mean, with the veteran hunters, we're always looking for ways to um, communicate to as many people as, as we can about what we're trying to do with veterans with respect to, you know, hunting as a form as a form of therapy. 
And um, yeah, and so that I think that was the precipice to where we are today. Uh, well, that which leads into the next question because I mean, here we are. You know, we're, we're talking about wellness. We're talking about overcoming, persevering through operational stress injuries, uh, topics that you and I are very familiar with, mm-hmm. um, and actually. Um, even as ex-military members, helping the first responders, because I think the military um, is kind of depressing the sense that uh, our, our organization is much further ahead with recognition and, and, and providing treatment options for people who are suffering from OSIs, large part to the efforts of yourself and, and, and others who are on the vanguard of the early batch putting up their hand and saying, sure. I'm not okay. But in that, you know, you mentioned the veteran hunters, but what have you found as a key part of your healing journey? So one of the things that I found was for my healing was really was holistic, was being holistic. There were a number of facets that I found that I needed to, as I was going through my six plus years of, of treatment at the OSI clinic was, you know, talk therapy, mm. uh, drug therapy, yeah. um, you know, uh, physical fitness, you know, um, mental fitness, um, spiritual. So, you know, being connected with my, with my church, uh, and a small group within our church uh, as well. So I found like all of those facets helped me become a better person while I was going through uh, all of that treatment. Did I figure all that out right from the beginning? No, um, <laughs> but it was, you know, a little bit through trial and error yeah. um, that found that basically that could make, you know, um, the better me. The better you. You know, that... That's actually one thing that always resonates with me. You know, if um, if you have one life to live, be the best version of yourself. Sure. And, you know, I, I, I love that hearing that re- reflected back to me from someone else who's, um, you know, on on the upstroke of their recovery, saying, I'm, I, I'm, I am becoming a better version of myself every day. I'm a better version of myself. And that competition against only you, not against someone else, and about being the best possible version of you. And I, and, and I always find great inspiration for that. So in the in the uh, WWR, we talk a lot about these different modalities of healing, sure. you know, these, these different methodologies, because just as you said, there's no one size that no, fits there isn't. all. I mean, no. you know, there's no silver bullet. It doesn't matter how many bullets you have. There's no no one thing that's going to do it. And, and, and you have to make this almost a la carte menu. So we talk about that in, in, in a lot of our mission statements, but have you gone through any, like, is there any specific modalities that you found resonated with you and, and, and really captivated you? You know, for me really was, um, uh, during my initial start of my treatment, I, I got into archery, um, mm. connected with a friend of mine, actually an RCMP member oh, here, wow. here in the Cochrane area. And we actually got connected through our kids' hockey teams. I was coaching his son and my son, and we got connected with uh, um, through that way. And he got me into archery. And one of the things I found with archery was just the, the re- reinforcing of the mindfulness and the grounding techniques and staying in the moment. And then I got into the hunting side of it and just mm. and just found it so therapeutic trying to u- using all those skills that I had learned in the army. And one of the things that that I found was you know trying to figure out you know who I was. Uh, what was my meaning, you know, and we lose sight of the fact that we're fathers and, and we're husbands, which is supposed to be, you know, is a primary role for us. But as men, we, we, we kind of identify ourselves with what we do. And so when you're not soldiering anymore at a high tempo, like a lot of us mm, yeah. infantry guys like to do, um, what is it that makes us who we are? And I found, you know, 
stalking well, animals. What's really, your task? Yeah. So, so stalking an animal with a bow and having to get so close and use all those skills that we learned in the army to hunt men. Now I'm hunting an animal. Whether I got the animal at the end of the day didn't matter. The fact that I was able to use those skills and feel satisfaction about who I was and my ability to still soldier. Yes. Um, but in a new context, really um, started me down the road to recovery. And I, I'm going to actually uh, corroborate your story because, I mean, for anyone who is, who is listening, it might not seem like a natural fit to putting someone who's suffering an operational stress injury into a hunting atmosphere. As a matter of fact, it's not for some people. Like some guys when they have an OSI are, 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 are trying to walk away from the idea of destroying something beautiful, which is in some ways one aspect of the hunting because some of these animals are absolutely stunningly beautiful. Yeah. However, the th I was surprised because th th this is how you and I first got engaged. Yeah. And I was surprised how much the idea even gripped me. Because um, I, I, I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. And then, I'll, but then it got presented. I, I was compelled. And it is those soldiering skills, the bringing into the present. Because one of those things that happens when you have an OSI is you're possessed by the past and you're consumed by worry about the future and you have no thought of the present and when you don't exist in the present you're actually just this walk you're like a ghost a shadow of yourself yeah so hunting you're in the bush you're in the woods you're doing something it doesn't matter whether it's by rifle or by bow and the other thing i really do have to uh, tip my hat on you and, and thank you for my on my healing journey um, was the introduction into bow hunting um and to archery Sure. Um, very uber zen. You can do it in your. Uh, you just don't. You don't need nearly as much space as you do for riflery, which no, is also no. riflery is hugely zen. But because you need the space, it's a commitment. You have to get out. Whereas archery, you can you can figure out your options are way way bigger. Yeah, some guys I know actually are able to practice in their basement. Yeah, exactly. Or, or you can step something in your. Like, yeah, the sky's the limit if you got the imagination. And so. I, I want to publicly thank you for that, and Thanks. and and really, your uh, your, your program is uh, for veteran hunters. Is, is that open also for first responders? It is. You know, we have a number of first responders that have connected with us, that have gone on hunts with us, both you know whether it be RCMP or Calgary Police or yeah. or or others. In fact, you know, we have a lot of um, we have veterans who are who are also now first responders. Oh, so wow. like you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and because the community, right. there's almost yeah. a, not an interchangeability, but there's. The, the same people who join the military are the same people who want to be in the yeah. first responders. One, one of the soldiers that actually I put through basic training or battle school back in the day, and Wainwright actually yeah. connected with me, and he's now uh, now retired from military, but now is a sergeant police officer in you uh, know in, in Ontario in, oh, Water, wow. in, in Waterloo area. Cool. So he's he's reconnected with us, and you know, and is willing to take guys. Um, you know, out hunting, you know, in the Ontario area. So, and, and, and that actually deserves to be said, because your program, although it's starting and is core around the southern central Alberta region, you know, with access to Rocky Mountains and the yep. foothill regions and, and, and some great hunts, but they're actually, you're building this national network because of our, um, you know, brothers in arms, brothers and sure. sisters in arms, and, and you're building this network. And I think that's really cool. Um, and that's really the success that we've that we've had is really our our brothers in arms stepping up and volunteering. You know, I have a number of volunteer guides or hunter mm. hosts, you want to use that term, um, who who are willing to, to to meet with their other their brothers and 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 take them on a hunt. Guys, they don't know, but they know they've served, know that they have a stress injury, um, you know, and understanding where that person is at with respect to their their treatment, yeah. and just 
you know, taking them out there. And it's these other veterans giving of themselves that have really um, created a success for us with the veteran hunters, you know, even through that national network. I, and, and tip of my hat. So backtracking from your initiatives, which, which I find, you know, the paying it forward the, uh, and is, is, is wonderful, and I thank you for that. But back to you specifically, you know, and, and it's, it's more of a pie-in-the-sky question, but, you know, now as you're, you're in this pursuit of your better self, you're, you're being better every day, um, what is it, is there anything what, like, that you can say that you're hoping for? What are you hoping for for you? Um, whether that's within your within your wellness, within a family context, within veteran, is, is there something that when you think, what do I hope for in, in my future? Because I find hope is the one thing that can drive us forward no matter what. I think for me, you know, having lost a bit of um, connecting with my kids, like because when I was undiagnosed for so long, you know, mm. and raising my kids and the home environment probably was not the best. You know, and, and now my kids are teenagers and I'm, and I'm now the better me. And it's really, one, it's demonstrating them who their dad should have been like 15, almost 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, and really connecting with them. Um, each of them have some of my symptoms. And really for me, um, I try not to dwell on it too, too much because sometimes that gets kind of depressing when you think about how long that the military knew about it and, and withheld it from me and helped withheld treatment. And my yep. kids were raised in that environment when they well, didn't have to. Yeah. And fostering it. Right. Like, so that's a resentment. And, yeah. then, and then you can turn. So that's a yeah. rabbit hole that I try not to go, yeah. I try not to go down to. So I look, I look forward and I look into the present to really establishing those connections and building those relationships with my kids now that they're in their teens. And, you know, my eldest is graduating high school this year. So really it's, it's, you know, for me, it's just, um, trying to improve and build on the relationships with my kids, you know, now and going forward. Well, if there's not a better reason what, to be healthy, it's for those people who we care for more than ourselves, right? Right. You know, as, and how to improve those around us is making sure that we are healthy and being a, a positive example and not, you know, and, and, and we can look into these cases of regrets. I mean, and, and, and you have every God-given right to be uh disappointed, frustrated, and angry at the, the, the way that your um, individual case was tr treated. As a matter of fact, I mean, you, you say it, and you're going to trigger a lot of people. And that's good, because we all need to be a little trigger going, that's not right. And we stand up against injustice. Right. But then that fuels that regret about what you might be pouring into your children. Because this is a, another thing we don't talk about very often, because we talk about the, the person who's going through the OSI. But the, the wake of damage that, that, that we can cause when we're in acute stage, um, and we pay these things onto our kids... Yeah. yeah, it's it's really tough, but I love that hope. I love that, and and I think that's where we we should be uh, signing off. Uh, is is there any last message that you want to say uh, for anyone who's listening? Um, you know, I think um, really it's uh, you know whatever's going to help you get better, whether it's it's through hunting or equine therapy. You know, expose yourself to something that you that you that you you enjoy. And use it as part of your therapy. You're not a, you're not alone. You know we're alone in this t together. Yeah. And that's one of the things I think. You know um, whether you're a veteran and you hunt with us or not, connect with a group with a group of veterans. You, you don't need to be alone in that that basement. You know we oh. all we've all gone through and all know what you're going through. So connect connect with somebody. I love that. Very poignant. Very well said. I think we all need to be reminded that. We're only alone when we let ourselves be alone and when we listen to that lie. 
So in these times, if you're going to be alone, let's be alone together. Have a great day.